welcome to another episode of Panels and Bars. You're joined as ever by your hosts, BB Manic and Patrick Allen. But first, some news. On the day we're recording this, Monday the 20th of September, Marvel have unleashed the trailer for Hitmonkey, which is probably the last thing you'd expect them to adapt, but it looks great. It's going to be on Hulu in the US and Disney Plus in the rest of the world. If you get a chance, check it out. It looks very interesting. This is not so much news, but it was uh, happened since the last episode. But uh, Marvel have unleashed the trailer for the Wolverine. Well, it's a teaser trailer for the Wolverine game. It's from the Insomniac, obviously the makers of the Spider-Man game. So it could be very, very interesting. The last prominent Wolverine game was the adaptation for Origins, which wasn't a great film, but is a really good game. So the bar's kind of high there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who voices him i kind of feel like they're just going to call nolan north because you know he voices everyone uh, but it could be really interesting you know obviously the bar's really set high and the same event they also revealed that the official sequel to spider-man is going to be out where you'll probably play as both miles and peter it involves craven venom and it's probably going to be a bunch of other villains that haven't been used so it's an exciting time for marvel games fans so patrick let's talk about what if i think we covered the first three episodes already we did, yeah. We covered one, two, and three. How are you finding it? I'm not super hot for it. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Like, I feel like it's not quite getting. I feel like it's not reaching its potential. Yes, is is what I would say. Like, it. So there's a level at which there's quite a lot of. Um, there's, I would say, not quite a lot. There's tons of really cool ideas. Yeah. There's a lot of ideas in there that I really, really like. And there's a lot of moments, character interactions. Like, like the, as an example, in the Zombies episode, I really liked Peter and Hope's little friendship. Like, they're two people who have never met on screen. And I liked the idea that they'd formed this little fun relationship. Like, it wasn't romantic. It was just, they were just friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, um, and similarly, like, I really enjoyed seeing the younger version of Shuri from before from before like she was in the MCU obviously before they invented it yeah. um, or like from before they added it to the MCU and there's like little things like that that I'm really appreciative yeah. of but <laughs> I don't know the pacing is garbage it really is like, it, there are so many episodes that just like a scene happens and you're like oh it's all kicking off and then you just see executive producing you're like wait what that that's how it yeah. ends like what's happening well and and like there was so like in the doctor in the Doctor Strange one because that's four isn't it we've covered up till we've covered up till the assassination of all the of all the Avengers yeah. Doctor Strange one's next right yeah. so in that like Which I it had think two is probably my favorite so far and even that's got its problems I liked I think my favorite is still the one with where 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 T'Challa was was Star Lord okay. but um but I liked what I liked about the Doctor Strange one I really liked the ending the ending was great I really liked how grim well, that's it got. the thing and I really my liked, favorite issues of the comic and this probably says something about me but my favorite issues of the comic are this one little thing happened and everything was terrible for everyone and i think the dr strange episode is the only one to really come close to like that one little thing just dooms the entire planet well i really liked also like i thought that the idea of there being a good one and a bad one was a bit boring mm. but then when he just beat the good one i, I really enjoyed that because <laughs> i thought i thought that was a really neat little kind of inversion of, of my expectations yeah. there um but like it had sections that were really rushed 
where I felt like I could really have done with more time. Mm. But then like it had that incredibly long sequence where he was trying to save Christine over and over again. Yeah. And the really long bit where he, where he ate all the monsters <laughs> from the books and stuff. And it was like, so like an idea like the library from the past got way less exploration than I thought it deserved. Yeah. And then, but then I watched him try and save Christine 40 times. And I was all like, you know how many times I needed to appreciate this? I like, three yeah. max. Yeah, Do you know it. what I mean? Like, and and that was and like and that seemed like a really, really odd choice to me. Like the way that it was the way that it was framed. Nando V movies did a very good video about this maybe two days ago, or like on the day we we're recording this, it's Monday the 20th. And he made the good point that a big part of why the episode doesn't didn't work is because it hinges on that conceit. And first of all, we've seen a movie where she didn't die and he progressed and became Dr. Strange. So this weird law that they invent where it's an absolute event that must happen doesn't make sense because we've seen a version where it didn't happen and he became Dr. Strange. That's the first thing. And the second thing is it also hinges on a relationship that we was we were never really shown in that much depth. You get the feeling that maybe they were an item at one point and then they're just friends now or... You know what I mean? So this whole she's the love of his life and he's going to go crazy if he doesn't have her. You can't really buy into it like you can with a lot of the other relationships because it's like we haven't seen any evidence of this. Well, and also, like, what even is that event that got changed? Because she wasn't in the car when he crashed. That's what I'm saying. Like, where, are, I'm they, saying. So where are they going? I think, I think the like, ancient one makes the argument that if that doesn't happen, he won't then become the Sorcerer Supreme and he won't fight Dumamu. But it's like, well, he did. He already did that. We saw him do that without her dying. So, <laughs> well, also like, if he's like, I buy he's hurt his hands and he's so egotistical that he can't bear not be not being a surgeon as a as a motivation for him to go and become Doctor Strange. Yeah, but he doesn't have a motivation here yeah. to go and become Doctor Strange. He has a motivation like, like, or, or if he does, um, I guess his, his motivation is that she's dead. Mm. There's no like, they just completely skip over that. Yeah, they're all like. So she died, and then obviously he still became Doctor Strange and still went to the same place and still got the same powers anyway, and then yeah. they just carry on. Yeah. Like, and it's like, it doesn't feel... It feels like the story they wanted to tell was, what if Doctor Strange was a bad Doctor Strange? Yeah. But they couldn't work out That's exactly what it. event would make they that could happen. use to make that yeah. happen. Yeah, like, and, and they've written it backwards. Yeah. Like, and... and and yeah, and like I did like the ending. I particularly liked the Grim, him getting trapped in the crystal thing at the end. I thought that was really yeah. cool. Like, um, I also liked how they yeah, hinted like, at the Watcher maybe doing something, but him being like, "Nah, actually, also, I'm not going to do anything." Was that Shumagorath again? Yeah. Like, is 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 he going to have some sort of larger role? He must have some significance because you can't keep putting him in as an Easter egg and not doing anything with it. Or do you think maybe they like somebody producing this likes the idea of tentacle monsters maybe. in a way that the main Marvel producers don't? And so he's been like, oh man, you know, there may not be a lot of tentacle monsters. Yeah, like there was there was one in Guardians, but it wasn't tentacle monster enough. For yeah, to just stick one in every every episode. episode. Um, I like yeah, how Tony dies in every episode as well. <laughs> yeah, every time. Yeah, like because 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 they don't want him to be on screen too long, so you'll notice that the voice is wrong. Yep. So they're like, what if Tony got hit by a bus at some <laughs> point? You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, so like, whereas the other two both really felt to me like they ended halfway through. Because mm. like both of them 
I was enjoying them and I thought they were much better paced actually. And then they ended halfway through the story and then have a third act. And I was like, oh, this is why they're better yeah. paced because they've they're used more time exactly. on, on the characters and they've used more time. And it's like maybe, story or maybe just don't fall into such a rigid schedule. Uh, and it, yeah, just don't have the, your, it's, I mean, it's literally your network. You're not being, <laughs> you know, you're not beholden to a certain specific frame that's been given to you by an HBO or a CB. It's your network. So if you want to have a 20 minute episode and then a 30 minute episode and then a 45 minute episode, I don't think anyone's going to care. Your fans are going to be happy as long as the story is well told. And all the episodes of One Division were different. Like yeah. This. So like clearly they've not got any sort of specific guidelines as to how long episodes should be. Yeah. Um, whereas the Zombies one, like did not care for it at all. There were things in there I liked. I really liked the conceit and I, I liked it from Marvel Zombies, so obviously, but I really liked the idea of the zombie superheroes having their powers. Yeah, retaining their really powers really and, and some of that muscle really memory. Like yeah, that's a cool That's a cool idea. Um, it is a bit like, you know, George Romero, Land of the Dead kind of stuff, yeah. but it's, it, I mean, it, I, I, I like that. Um, and I really liked the selection of people that they chose. Yeah, me too. Like, I really liked it being like Peter and Okoye and, and Sharon Carter. And like, it was a really... Like it was a good selection of people. Yeah, I didn't really buy. They'd all survived this long in the zombie apocalypse, but then just got murdered. Like it wasn't like, oh no, now we're outside of our safe space. The the odds are overwhelming. Like Sharon just got just got offed. Yeah, in, in like two seconds. See, Sharon, like, Sharon, I can buy because she's a civilian. Um, I think I, I, I here's the thing. I guess that it's very cool to see a zombie Iron Man, but for me. Tony's one of those people that once he dies, I feel like a lot of people should have gone as well. You know what I mean? How like did Happy survive. Right? Like how how did Happy survive <laughs> without Tony around? Tony is a walking tank. And, you know, all it takes is because what, what was it? Was it that Pim was Ant-Man size and that's why he was able to penetrate the armor? I think so. Yeah, yeah. so it's like if he's like... infected, how did yeah, how did some of the other people survive for, for that long? It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and like, yeah, the whole thing, like, it just kind of, it felt like, and again, like, then there's bits in that, like, the bit where they were, where, where, where Peter was stretching out his web to try and get the train going. Yeah. Felt like it was quite long to me. Yes. In comparison to the bit where they arrived at the base and they were all like, oh, it's the vision. Hey, the vision's here. He's our mate. Yeah. Actually, he's sinister. And actually, one's here. And actually, he's the bad guy. And actually, believe me. Yeah. And it was like, it was like three minutes yeah. for like an entire act's worth of movie. That's the thing, because that, like... that Peter trying to, to pull the train along was obviously to build tension. But I, like you said, I think the tension could have been much better served with them speaking to Vision and just slowly ramping it up so you as a viewer get the feeling, oh no, something's wrong here. This is weird. This is really weird. Why aren't the zombies trying to come into yeah. the camp? And they, as you said, they just sped through it. And then also, Vision's weird decision to be like, oh, hey, I know you guys probably need this time to escape, but I'm just going to kill myself now so the zombies infect the grounds. What was that about? Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I just... It, none of it really felt like... Again, it felt like they'd come up with some cool ideas for scenes yeah. and then stitched them together yes. with stuff. Um, and I also, like, I can't get over... Some of them, they're all like, hey, remember this Marvel movie? Let's tell you in excruciating detail what happened in this movie that you clearly already seen. Yeah. And other ones, like the zombies one, they're all like, so remember in Ant-Man? Well, actually, the lady was a zombie and now, and then they took the Eastern Seaboard. Yeah. And it's just like, what? Like, yeah. like, the, and like they, sometimes they, they, they go over really retread ground or they cover simple plot points in like crazy detail. Mm. And other times they're all like, we're just going to gloss over 
the entire East Coast of America being taken over by zombies. I, I'll be honest with you. I kind of would prefer that approach to everything. I, we all know what zombies are. We all know what the MCU is. I don't need to know how you got there. I actually am just happy to sit for the watcher to go, and now, zombies. I'm happy to start there. Well, but also, like, there are other things, like, some of them are a change, like, what if, you know, so a human had made a different choice? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and that I kind of say, like, what if a human, what if, what if, uh, you know, the crew who picked up Peter had accidentally picked up T'Challa yeah. instead? And like that's kind of a that feels like a kind of a butterfly effect. A person made a different yes, choice. Yes. A thing happened differently. You know, the same with Agent Carter. Do you want to stay in the room? No, I'm going to stay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna stay down yeah. here, and then and then things change from there. But like, what if zombies? <laughs> yeah. It was like it just. It felt like they hadn't. Again, it felt like they'd come up with the idea, and then at some point they'd gone, "Oh shit, where are the zombies coming from?" Yeah. And instead of the obvious, what if? You know, somebody had made a vibe. What if somebody had, you know, what if the, the whole, I don't know, one of the many, many scientists yeah. who'd made things, formulas, had done something different. Yeah. They were just like, oh, well, you know, Janet came back from that place and that place was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. Maybe there's zombies there. And it was just like, what? Yeah. Like, like, how little effort have you put into, and like, and then there's the, the designs are still bothering me. So like, like, like Bucky is just MCU. Yeah. He's just like, no matter what happens in the time. He's always no been MCU how, no Bucky. Matter, <laughs> yeah. No matter what happens, he looks exactly the fucking same. Yeah. Like, but Peter has a totally different face and appears to be older. Yeah. And it's like, well, but like, is that because of the zombies or do you just not care if Peter looks like the movie version? <laughs> yeah. Like, it is weird because some of them look like straight up Disney characters with like bug eyes and massive eyebrows. And then some are like, oh no, wait, that looks just like Robert Downey Jr. So it, it is weird stylistically. They just kind of, pick and choose how to do it yeah some of them look like they've traced a photo and some of them look like they've drawn an artist's impression and some people some of them look like they just found a picture of spider-man online and we're all like yeah that'll, that'll do, do. When yeah it, like looks spider-man and like and and then there's like different some of them look like they're drawn realistically whereas tony <laughs> looks like he's dyed his beard and eyebrows and hair because they're just black it's insane like like <laughs> like a comic book yeah. and it's just like what are you like what are you going for yeah. here? like which what are you aiming for because i don't <laughs> understand what this is supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, I, I think um, I came to the conclusion this week after the, the much-hyped Killmonger episode that I don't like it. Like, I don't dislike it, but I just remember, yeah. like, how elated I felt every week watching Loki and how disappointed I was when it would get to that full-minute mark and I'd be like, no, I have to wait another week for this because I love it. I found it so engaging. Even um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I wasn't crazy about, and I'll be honest with you, it's probably going to be a while before I revisit I enjoyed watching it whilst I was watching it. I, I had problems with it and I thought they could have changed things here and there. But I, 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 I was on board for it. But for this, it's just like, I'm going to watch it because it's not like I'm not going to watch it. But um, yeah, I just feel like it's a really wasted opportunity. Yeah, I was like edge of my seat every week with One Division. Yeah. Every week, every episode finished, I was all like, no, not yet. Yeah. No, please. And I was sat there, I was online reading theories. I was thinking about it all the time. Like, oh my God. Every Friday morning, I was like, now's the time. Yes. Like, and, and with Loki, I wasn't as excited, but I was still like, yeah, okay, cool. This week's Loki. It's something I'm excited to be watching. Whereas this, I keep on being all like, oh, there's two new ones. I guess I haven't watched it <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the thing. Sometimes I go online. <laughs> sometimes I go online on Wednesday and people are like talking about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, what if it came out today? Because I'm just, I've not, oh, yeah. if I remember it, I remember it. And um, I think that, you know, it, we've spoken about it before. Maybe it speaks to the fact that we are in a kind of golden age for this stuff and we're spoiled, you know, like years ago yeah. we would have been, we would have been going crazy for a what if series. But 
I just feel that uh, they've just not hit, they've not nailed it. And I think really the the Killmonger episode cemented it for me, though. I had so many problems with it. I thought Michael B. Jordan, incredibly gifted actor, who has done voice acting before, was not good in this. I definitely felt like I was watching someone read from a script. I get what they were going for, but I just also really, I don't know, because the thing for me is also, I get that they were like, you know, what if Killmonger had Tony Stark's resources? First of all, I don't know that he would need them. I think that was the cool thing about that character was the fact that he had been able to find his way to Wakanda just as a, as a lone soldier of fortune. You know, he had his wits and his resources and he didn't need... a. Ma- I think, you know, I think that was one thing I think you kind of lost that with the character. And then the second thing was like, I don't know, he, he kept having parts in his plan that were like supposed to be twists and I was like, what what is this plan? What is, what's, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, his plan was all a bit Joker from the Dark Knight. Yeah. It seemed to rely on quite the sequence of random quints. Yes. <laughs> like, I also like, like there was there was a level at which with that one, it was a bit like, what if Killmonger was in Afghanistan when Tony got attacked? Yeah. And I was all like, why? Why? I know, but there? This, this, <laughs> the one thing is, you know, he was. Oh, he was. So uh, canon wise. It's canon wise, it's right. It's there. just like, what if they had crossed paths? But yeah, it's, it's, it's oh, stated if, in Black Panther that he was, have, he was there at the time. Right. Yeah. What if he'd have found that information from about the Ten Rings? Yes. And so he'd known where to go. Yeah. yeah. But then also, again, with the designs. Why does he look the same? It's ten years earlier. Yeah. Why is he wearing the same clothes, yeah. same haircuts from Black Panther? Although I, it's like I was watching the making of, and I found out something interesting that I didn't know before. I, maybe you knew this. I didn't know this. Do you know what um, Killmonger's jacket is based on? It's Vegeta's armor. I did not know that. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I obviously it would have stood I, out I, to you immediately. Yeah. Yeah, I doubt very much there's any Dragon Ball Z fans who wouldn't immediately have seen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was oh, lost. Shit. It was... Like he's 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 wearing Vegeta's yeah. jacket. No, it's lost but on he's me. He's also. He's a big old weeb and he loves anime. Yeah, and he's so a personal I, request of his, tall. apparently, that, yeah, he'd be wearing Yeah, so. and, well, and in this, Killmonger's, like, he designs the thing and, and Tony's all, like, looks like, looks like animation. Yeah. Killmonger's like, yeah, but fuck it, like, yeah, it does. <laughs> so I assume that it's not just that Michael B. Jordan loves anime. I assume that Killmonger is also supposed to love yeah. anime, mirroring <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. And that's the thing, like, there's, th- th- I really liked that little touch where he mentioned that he liked anime. Like, there's little things where it feels like they know the character so well. And then there's other things like, like Pepper in this could have been literally anybody. Yeah. They could have been all like, oh, Pepper died actually. And this is new. One. Yeah. And it would have been exactly the same. Like, and like, it's also, it's really, int- well, it, I was going to say, so it's very interesting that they've been able to get the woman who played that reporter that Tony slept with one time to come back for two episodes but Gwyneth Paltrow won't come back. Like, it's just random. I mean, I almost understand why you wouldn't get Jeff Bridges because it's like um, 10 lines of dialogue and he just doesn't, he can't be bothered. But they've got some really obscure people who were in some of these films for 10 seconds to come back and have significant roles. And then some of the people who knew that they were signing up for a franchise and knew they probably wanted to do something like this just haven't returned. I mean, I'm actually, uh, it's quite impressive to me that Downey Jr. hasn't come back for this. Because I think when he and when you know when we saw that final scene, a lot of us all kind of went, "He's going to come back for something," and he yeah. hasn't. You know, the, when when the f- early trailers for um, Far From Home came out, and they were hinting at you know Peter kind of kind of getting to grips with being in this world with no Tony, a lot of us were thinking he's going to have left him a hologram message, or there'll be yeah, something, or a flashback, or be a flashback. Or and he's really done with the MCU. Apparently, it's quite interesting. 
I mean, I think they can't afford him. I, I think, think that so his too, salary yeah. over subsequent projects has got to the point where they're like, do we want to pay Rob Downey Jr. $5 billion to announce, to, like, to record Four Lines of Dialogue? Yeah. No, of course we yeah. don't. Like, but again, but then they'd got a great Jeff Bridges impersonator. Yeah. Like, it didn't matter that they didn't have Jeff Bridges because the guy they got sounded exactly I had like to check the credits started. at the end. I had to check the credits. Because I'm, yeah. I'm one of these people, I always skip the intro. I love Marvel intros, but What If annoys me because they show the they show the, the cast at the beginning. So it ruins any surprise you could get from the characters. Yeah, so I always skip those. Um, and there's been a few where I'm like, oh, that wasn't that person. But there are some where it's like, that is quite obviously not that person. That's terrible. Well, and then you get the Benicio Del Toro ones. We were like, that was that, that was person? that person. Yeah, like, I mean, what? I love Sebastian Stan, but we need to get someone else to play animated Bucky because he's just, yeah, he's not good. It's like, it's all over the place. The designs are sometimes great and gorgeous and sometimes lazy garbage <laughs> yeah. and sometimes and sometimes just the same thing from the film and the voices are sometimes great impersonators and they're sometimes like Paul Bettany obviously because he's been doing Jarvis yes, for yeah, years perfect his his vision his vision voice work was perfect it was brilliant Tom Hiddleston was fantastic because like, he's Tom Hiddleston I was actually very impressed with Mark Ruffalo um, yeah Mark Ruffalo is really the good the only problem I had with him and it's not his fault I, I, I'm guessing it's 100% down to the higher ups at Marvel since Ragnarok, he in general has just been this really comedic character. Yeah, he's a funny guy now. Yeah, And it's just like, he I don't think someone who comedy comes naturally to him. If you look at someone like Hemsworth, he's very, we know from all th- all three, th- four films, he's very good at comedy. He's he just, he's natural. And there's there's loads of reports on set of him being really good at improv. It just doesn't come naturally to, to Ruffalo. So my big problem with the zombies episode was how light the tone was supposed to be for a zombie outing. But he had so many quips and I was just like, I, I can't, I don't know how much more I could take of this. Well, it also felt like, um, it feels to me like they don't really like, Taika understands that Mark Ruffalo is well, works well as a straight man against a silly character. Yes. Like that's why he's really funny in Thor Ragnarok. Whereas in this, they're all like, give him some jokes. Yeah. He's a funny guy now. And it's like, it's not really, I kind of even liked him in uh, in Endgame where he kind of was like, he was being silly, but he thought he was being cool. Yeah. He wasn't being cool. Yeah. He's a nerd. Like that comedy works for me too. But yeah, just like, he's got like, whereas Paul Rudd was great. Yes. Like, and, and, and again, like there are things in this, which I'm like, I'd watch, I'd watch a whole show where Peter and, and Ant-Man's severed head with a cloak <laughs> went on an adventure together. Yeah. That's a great concept. But those things often just get skipped over in two minutes yeah. so that they can spend more time being all like, remember what happened in this film that you already watched? Yeah. And I'm like, I think though, I think the big problem is what it really reminds me of is, you know, when Civil War came out and there was a level at which I was all like, I understand that you want to do this thing from the comics, but you don't have the material for it. Like I get that- You ain't got the capacity, big man. The MCU is- big yeah. it's a big movie franchise but it is not big no. like marvel well this is the thing because obviously um, the, the, the rumored next big event is secret wars and secret wars for me is going to fall into that same problem because the funny thing is even with the eternals and whatever joining the joining the fray by the point we get there we might still be kind of nearly the same level of heads we had at civil war because obviously captain america's left everyone's dead yeah everyone's dead. you know what I mean? so i don't know I, I i'm looking forward to it but as you said, when you read those original comic books, yeah, people like George Perez, Steve, Steve Niven, like they were drawing these massive layouts where there were people on every inch of the page because they had yeah. that many characters to work from. And with Kevin Feige being so opposed to 
acknowledging any of the other adaptations, it means we don't have the Netflix heroes. We don't have Cloak and Dagger. We don't have all the people that could help beef up this universe and, and make this these events significant. We still have the core Avengers team. Yeah, well, and, and what, what I've shown me is that like it feels like they're already running out of things to do. Yeah. It feels like they're already being a bit like, ah, maybe yeah. this would be interesting. Well, this is this is like, this is the thing. Like, that, this is what's great about what if the comic book. You can take these characters who maybe don't get as much time to shine on on the regular stage. They're not part of the big events, or they don't have a number one selling book. And what if, which was a number one selling book for a long time, you can then have you like, what if Nova did this? What if Blade did this? What if yeah. Peter Parker lifted Excalibur? You can play with all these different things, all these different characters. And yeah, as you said, what if it's just like, what if we just kind of slightly do d- different things with with these guys from the past decade what if we did that well and the other thing the other problem as well is that you're never going to get the big marvel crossover in in live action because people are going to leave and people are going to change yeah. and that's the thing is that the joy of the crossovers certainly the first couple of them you read for before the fun wears off is everybody yeah. do you know what i mean it's 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 seeing everyone together it's it's like what if it's not just like, oh, because you, you, you get very in comics, you get very used to, oh, hey, look, Spider-Man's meeting Fantastic Four. Oh, hey, look, Wolverine's meeting, meeting the Avengers. But it's the idea of what kind of event, what kind of if, what kind of interactions would you have if the X-Men and Spider-Man and the Avengers and the Fantastic Four and everybody else were all together in the same place. Like, And Civil War works relatively well. I'm a big House of M fan. Um, I, House of M is probably my favorite major crossover. I quite like Onslaught. I love Onslaught. Like, I know it's not looked on fondly by people, but I think the costume designs are insane. I just like the fact they gave us this weird pocket universe and then the return of everyone. I really like Onslaught. I think. Well, I think what we've also really come to is that like there's a lot of '90s comics which, if you talk to comic people, they're all like, "That's garbage. That's bad." <laughs> but because we were like eight, yeah. most of us are all like, "Oh my god, that's I love amazing!" Yeah. Onslaught, he's so cool. Why <laughs> Professor X was bad, and also he had a big Magneto suit. Um, and yeah, like I just feel like it's not quite like they just the the thing the, the best Marvel comics take an idea that is kind of interesting and then go mad with it. Yeah. And you're all like, you have just taken this to a ludicrous extreme <laughs> yeah. where I would never have bothered to pursue it this far. Or like, or they think about something in like an incredible amount of detail yeah. and then explore it. And like a lot of the MCU stuff that's tangential to the main th- films, I feel like has to kind of be all like, hey, this is for you, people who've watched the MCU films, but maybe not all of them. Maybe, maybe, or maybe you watched it two years ago and you don't really remember. Yeah. And like, what if its core has always been a thing for people who are like, hey, you've read 800,000. Yeah, books. this is you it. Have a very, a single, very obscure question. Yeah. Here's that. And remember like, when Dr. Banner ate that cupcake? Imagine if he'd had yeah. sprinkles with that. And you're like, I remember that. Like, <laughs> remember when Wolverine was asked to join Alpha Flight yeah. briefly in a single episode <laughs> yeah. of X-Men and he said no? Well, what if he'd said yes? Yeah, and it? you're a bit like, like there, I used to read I used to read what if comics and then go and find the comic they were based on yeah. so that I could understand both things better. Yeah. And like, there's just no need with this because they'll be all like, hey, remember Captain America? Well, if you don't, we're going to tell you what happened in it. In excruciating and detail. Like, and if you're the person who does remember Captain America, you're all like, this is boring. Yeah. If you're the person who doesn't remember Captain America, you don't fucking care yeah. enough to watch this, this shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think that that's... Like, what, what, what's the next show? Is it Hawkeye next? I think it's uh, 
Thor. So I don't know if it's he. I don't know. It is. I don't know if it's if he wasn't worthy. No, I don't no. What's know. the next Marvel? No, I, I mean, what's the next Disney Plus show after this? Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, it's Hawkeye, which has now broken the record for most viewed Disney Plus trailer. Oh, so well, people I mean, are really excited. Me, I'm super excited because they. I've already seen them recreate a lot of panels in that trailer from some of my favorite issues of that book. For those that don't know, I know there are a lot of people who maybe listen to us but aren't as deep into it as we are and maybe don't care for Hawkeye as a character because in the MCU, he's fairly meh. But the series that this is based oh, on... I mean, I love Hawkeye. No one loves Hawkeye, don't lie to yourself. But in the series that this is based on, My Life as a Weapon, is the best Marvel series of the past decade. It's phenomenal. It's funny. It's really well written. There's great character work. Um, visually, it just does some amazing things with composition and layout. There's also an issue told from the perspective of Dog, which is one of the best uses of comic books as a medium and how they tell stories. And it looks like this adaptation is sticking to a lot of that. And I, I was kind of really worried how they do that because MCU, Hawkeye is obviously a family man, two kids, a wife, comic book Hawkeye is very much a bachelor, kind of a loser as well. He's the guy who constantly has to actually reaffirm to people that he is a member of the Avengers. And, you know, he's constantly like, whipping out his ID card, like, I know Captain America. Um, and I wasn't sure how they would balance the two things, but they seem to be... It looks like they've done a really good job of adapting it, but continuing his MCU story. So I am personally really excited for this. I really like MCU Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner. I'm not gonna. Really? Yeah, I really do. I yeah, like him like, as an actor. I, really, I just don't think they've done anything with the character. Uh, they haven't done anything with the character. What I appreciate about Hawkeye, especially, is that he has had very few opportunities, but there's a lot of things that he's done that I remember. Like, mm. I really appreciate his relationship with Nat. I think that's really well fleshed out. I really appreciate his relationship with Wanda. I really like that they've only got like four scenes across three movies. Yeah. And I still feel like they're better friends than a lot of than a lot of the other characters are where they're all like hey remember but like, like now now Nat's going out with Bruce Banner they love each other <laughs> and it's like like all that stuff whereas like whereas like they, there's a good build there like Clint looks after her during Age of Ultron and he takes an interest in her and he gives her the pep talk and like then in Endgame when they stood together at the lake talking I feel like yeah these guys they've got a, they've got a, a history, relationship yeah. they've I got a, thing, that, yeah. a history and I like that there's a way, I think, in which him being more of a background character has allowed him to kind of form these kind of more natural relationships with the characters. And I think that Jeremy Renner's performance is really good. I really like I him. Do. I like, just don't, like I said, I don't think I've given much to do. One thing I do like about the character in the that I will say, is there are two people who think of the Avengers as a job, and he's one of them. So the fact that like he just yeah. goes home to his, his wife and kids and just does that when he's not saving the world. And then the other one is obviously when Thor sees Hulk in the arena, he's like, he's a friend from work. So I love the fact that those two, the Avengers is their day job. Yeah, it's the thing that they do because like it's, yeah. Yeah, and I I think that like, I do, I, I, I definitely am not, I, I, the fatigue hasn't set in as hard as I thought it was going mm. to be Endgame. When Endgame came out, I was a bit like... I think COVID has actually helped Marvel in that respect. They probably don't realise it. But I think if this had been another year of business as usual... Because even... It's, it's funny, it doesn't seem like it. But if you look at this year, we're going to have had four releases. Yeah. Or at least close to it. By the end of it, Shang-Chi, Black Widow, Spider-Man... 
Am I missing so, so And Eternals. There you go. So four releases. So it's yeah. pretty much been like any other Marvel year. We just haven't been battered over the head with billboards and, and Hollywood premieres because of everything that's going on. But it's been business and as usual. And we've had a bit of a break as well. Yeah, we've had I a bit of a break. Like, so I think, I think that that it's helped of... them. That fatigue would have set in for a lot of people last year if Marvel had had their way. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I'm not as, yeah, I'm not as worn out. But I do feel that What If is indicative of a trend where the whole thing's gotten a bit insular. Yes. A bit like, hey, remember this? Like, I, I, did, I had a real problem for a while where every time I watched a Marvel thing, I'd be all like, this is interesting, isn't it? Tune in later for this Marvel thing. But actually, what I dislike even more than that is, hey, remember this previous Marvel yeah. thing. Like, I find I'll, that... I'll like, tell you another thing that is just you kind of just made me think of it now is that I think if they were going to go for the medium of animation, for me, they've only chosen one thing I can't imagine them doing live action which is zombies yeah everything else with the amount of money that marvel throws at the cg i could have imagined a doctor strange pretty much like the episode i could have imagined the captain carter pretty much like the episode the the zombies obviously with the sheer scale of zombies and how much detail you get you'd have to do in makeup and stuff that's the only thing i've seen where i'm like even that might exceed marvel budgets everything else i'm like you really could have played with different things that you could only do in animation you have the scale yeah yeah and they haven't done it and like and, the, and the, the the structure of it as well like like the the star lord one felt like okay so t'challa is our new main character but he's star lord now here's a story about him it follows a plot and then at the end you're all like but also in this world he goes like this yeah and and that worked for me whereas the killmonger one was all like killmonger you know he's he's our main character this time he's he's uh, things are different he's followed a plot and then uh and it was just like there was it got to that bit where he was all like he was talking to he was talking to T'Challa on the astral plane and he was like and T'Challa was all like if if you keep on doing bad things maybe it won't work out for you and it just ended <laughs> I was like what like yeah. like so so everything just worked out fine for that bad kill but I don't know if it did quick question so obviously all the the zombified heroes and villains have their their old traits and that muscle memory but do they have thoughts because if they don't have thoughts is zombie thanos really that much of a threat like like, yeah exactly when he clicks his fingers is it just (laughs) going to be brained like (laughs) what is the threat if he can't form a coherent sentence where he says i want half of all people to be zombies it's not really a threat, is there? He's just annoying Wakanda. <laughs> well, I also really thought that the zombie Thanos thing was like, that felt like they were like, we need something to put at the end of this episode yeah. that's like, oh, but bad, but this is bad, actually. Yeah. And it was a bit like, because they've made it clear that realistically, Peter and, and the others are going to go to Wakanda and save everybody. Yeah. And so then they were a bit like, ah, it, the, the thing which it is, is, is Thanos, because Thanos is in Wakanda at that point. Yeah. But now he's zombie Thanos... And, and again, like then there's bits like that where I was a bit like, you know what would be a more interesting story than the one we've just watched would be Zombie Thanos. Zombie Thanos. Yeah. Like that's that's like and, and yeah, and again, like like I really loved talking I really loved Ant Man. I really loved that he was in one of those head jars from, from Futurama and they didn't even bother to explain why. Yeah. Like 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 I've got to say something as well. I don't know if you thought about this. So when Chadwick Boseman died, I was always under the impression that like he kept it a secret from everyone by his wife and family. But watching this series, Feige has to have known, right? Because he has so many lines that are like, there's no way that they've just coincidentally given him this script. 
Yeah, like this feels like it was recorded just his final performance. Yes. Um, like it feels like they've they've gone to an effort to give him work to do that will it's really poetic it's really fitting there's just it's it's too big a coincidence every time he's been in one of these episodes he said something that basically makes everyone cry about the importance of remembering our heroes and honoring their legacy he just has to have known but that's the other thing i'd I'd like i'd rather watch i'd rather watch black panther the tv i really wish they'd done black panther the animated series he's the best part and it's not even like it's not even just because he's not here and we miss him he is he's nailed every single one of those performances He's just he's been brilliant. brilliant. He's and the like, best part of all the episodes he's in. Well, and also like, it feels like, like you were saying, it feels like it's animated. It feels to me like it's animated because they couldn't afford to pay all these people to be. Yeah. And so, and like, and with the cast where you were saying, like, I can't believe they've got these people. It feels to me like they've gone, okay, for each episode, we will get 10 actors from previous things back. Yeah. And then some episodes they've been like, oh, we've only got eight. Yeah. What about that lady who interviewed Tony Stark once? It's <laughs> yeah. just a bit like, just don't bother. Yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, genuinely... the strange one, the strange one has literally everyone from the movie in it, which is like eight people, and it works. I don't need a cameo from people I don't know or people I don't really remember. Well, and like, if you can't afford Robert Downey Jr., don't you know if you can't afford Steve, if you can't afford um, Chris Evans, don't get. I'm not too bad about Robert, Robert Downey Jr. because that guy is like the first few lines make you go, uh, "This is a bit off." But afterwards, I just got used to it. Also, like, I don't think people die from getting stabbed in the shoulder. Yeah, like, no, I think you just be stabbed. He, he, he gets a spear through the shoulder and then and he's stuck to the wall. And there's, I, I mean, also, if you consider in the original film that he was like penetrated by loads of bits of shrapnel. So, yeah, yeah I think like, he'd probably be all right with a stabbing. And the other, the only other problem that I have actually really is that, and I know that this is probably a pretty specific thing, but like, I really don't like there's no blood. Like, and yeah. I know that. I mean, that I mean in sounds... general, there's, it's in so many of the episodes. Hulk's massive gross explosion should have been amazing, but he just turned into a big thing of marshmallow. And to me, that should have been gl- uh, blood and pus and green stuff flying. It should everywhere. have been horrible. Should have been yeah, horrible. Like, His heart exploded. Like, like the zombies, the, the zombies constantly showing you from like, it's, it's shadowed and there's just bits yeah. coming out. And like the people getting, uh, like what I would say is either write a child-friendly show which doesn't need to have any blood in it. And so doesn't feature a lot of people getting stabbed. Like that's the thing is that it's f- for a show with no blood. It's full of stabbing. Yeah. And like, it's full of people getting horrible wounds. This is, this and, has been like, the problem dying, in general and, though like, with Disney plus, because I mean, Falcon winter soldier, which is supposed to be the more militarized darker take on these heroes. Probably the darkest thing we see is a man being decapitated by cap shield. But even that is kind of censored. They cut to crowd reactions and then the perpetrator lifting the shield, but you don't actually see the shield doing any damage. You see him walk off with the shield with some blood on it. And it's... it's At least there's some blood, though. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, you know, it's... it's, They've been that way for for a lot of things, you know? Well, also, like, what if... Like, again, like, it's like... If you're going to make an animated Marvel show that you want to be accessible to children it's not this one because it's not accessible to anybody who hasn't already watched yes. my MCU movies. Yeah. And so if you're going to let your kid watch Captain America and watch people get thrown into a jet engine and blended, <laughs> yeah. then you're not going to care that much if there's a small amount of blood on Tony's shoulder when he gets stabbed with a spear. Yeah. And the idea of getting stabbed with a spear is pretty horrible, mm-hmm. whether there's blood or not. Yeah. So like, it just kind of doesn't really feel... Like I don't, I would like it to be more animated. I'd like it if, if, if it was more stylized. I'd like it if it was more... I'd like if, if it the, has the potential to be loads of great things, but as you've just basically nailed, 
it doesn't know what it is. It's trying to be all those things. And yeah, so it's, it's a bit all things to all Yeah, people. it's like, hey, this is a good jumping off point if you don't want to deal with loads of years of exposition. However, we're going to give you all those expositions. Hey, we're going to have a stylized, yeah, but like, we don't alienate people, so it's not going to be too stylized. <laughs> and we want kids to access this, but we also want it to be a bit darker. Or, or do we? We don't know. So it's just... Yeah, like... I just, yeah, like, I, I, I feel like, I mean, it's probably not as bad as Caps, as, as Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. But, like, it's definitely not as good as, as, as One Division and Loki. Yeah. yeah, like, and it's certainly, like, it really feels to me a bit like there's quite a lot of stuff in it where I'm all like, hey, that's a good idea. Pity you handled it like that. Yeah. Hey, that's an interesting thing. Shame that it's in this. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's a real shame. But, like, it's I'll, how many episodes are there? Nine. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably watch three. I mean, who are we fucking kidding? I'll, I'll definitely watch them. I'm only going to watch it because I want to see when the watch interferes because he's going to interfere. I'll watch any old shit. So you know, <laughs> like I, I watched, I watched Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'll watch if I've got four hours for that crap. I've got, I've got time for this. But like, I do think that it's like you said, it's not a show where every week I'm all like, hey time for this yeah. it's very much a show where i'm all every few weeks i'm all like hey i got a couple episodes of that maybe i'll you know maybe i'll maybe i'll i'm a bit tired to watch anything else yeah. i've got a bit I'm, a, I'm awake a bit early i'll slot it in and it's not so bad that i've stopped watching no not at all i do wonder if i just think they've set the bar quite high for themselves as a studio and this doesn't match the heights that they've set well i also do wonder if maybe if we weren't talking about it on this i would have just been all like nee, i think stop. so too yeah, yeah i mean i like, know knowing that we have um, to cover it yeah i don't we don't have to, we don't have to cover it we could have we, we could have a bit more this is true yeah no i agree I, I agree and i like i said i'm looking forward to hawkeye you got that to look forward to i'm really the more conversations i have with it the more i talk to people about it i'm actually really getting excited for no way home so i, I think marvel's got stuff in the bag i'm 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 planning to watch Shang-Chi this weekend and I've heard really, really good feedback from people now. I like it. more and more reviews. I hear people really liking it. People found it really fresh. I couldn't care less about The Eternals, but I'm probably going to enjoy it when I watch it. So I think, I don't think Marvel's done yet. I just think this is not a great start to an It's not a great phase. period. Yeah. yeah like, um, you know, what I'm really excited about, which have we talked about the Matrix trailer yet? Let's talk about, talk about the Matrix trailer. Let's do it. Oh, wasn't it? Fucking awesome. It's incredible. It's like, I am so Christ. excited. Visually, it looks stunning. No surprise at all because, you know, the, the, the people behind the Matrix, Wachowski's and Warner Brothers, for those who are like probably too young to remember it, younger than Patrick and I and, and our generation, the original Matrix website blew people's minds. And you kids nowadays with your fancy broadband where everything lo lo loads in two seconds, <laughs> you won't remember this, but we all had like AOL and it took a dog's age for anything to load but that website was worth the wait at the time when corporations were just doing these really bland websites that maybe had one trailer and cinema times the matrix had hidden artwork in it like concept artwork and it had trailers that you couldn't see anywhere else and it had behind the scenes and what was even more intriguing about this is that they did this before the film came out so you were seeing all these things but you didn't really know what the matrix was it, obviously, the Matrix now nowadays is synonymous with modern sci-fi and, and blockbusters. But back then, it was really cryptic. It was really weird. No one really knew what to make of it. And they've just done it again. We don't really know, even with what we know from the, the previous films, we don't know what this film's going to be. We don't know if it's going to be a really hard reboot. We don't know how it's going to play with the mythology. Everything it's not a hard reboot. <laughs> no, but it could be. It could be. Because everything in that trailer could be a misdirect. Yeah, I mean... I if think it was anyone else, I'd be else. like, it's it, it looks like what it is. 
But because of the I Wachowski think dragging Neo's body with the burnt eyes out and plugging it back in, it's, it's I think it, it it's following Root Revolution. It could like, be, or it could, that I mean, could be a dream sequence. It could mean nothing. Who's young Morpheus? I mean, is he a son? Is he reincarnated? What is that? What's going on there? Uh, well, in the Matrix Online, <laughs> yeah, uh, Morpheus was killed, and then the players had to reassemble the fragments of his memories, and they formed a new vision of Morpheus, which I assume is what that guy's. Meant. Yeah, um, yeah, because that's the thing. Yeah, because I uh, think they. Um, well, I keep forgetting. If it's, is it Lana or is it Lily? I think Lana directed this. Lana's the one who's back. Yeah, Lily's Lily's so, the one who's. So decided she that said, she, that she "Online is still canon." Yes, so yeah, yes. so there's just so much to work with. It's going to be awesome. It's a great trailer. It's really exciting. I love the color palette. I love that it's got the palette from the end of Revolutions yes. when the when the Matrix rebooted. I'm really excited. Like I assume that the therapist played by Barney from How About You Mother <laughs> is a uh, is a program. I really really like. I think I, I don't know. Like he, I've only seen him in a few other things, but like he's he can play creepy really well. Yeah. Um, I mean, Gone Girl. So I'm know. really excited about that. Yeah, he's really creepy. In that. He's really creepy in American Horror yeah. Story. Um, he's. Uh, I, um, I don't know if you noticed this. Hunters. Yeah, oh, he's always fantastic. But I don't know if you noticed this. All the agents are the returning agents from previous films. The only one they couldn't get back is yeah. Hugo, even due to a scheduling concept. Uh, a conflict well, but all the other agents are the agents like they've just they've gone everyone back that they could well and also well they didn't ask Lawrence Fishburne so here's the thing I don't know if you've seen a lot of people are like that's BS that's subterfuge that is a massive ruse yeah. because he's going to be in this film because yeah I think first of all he had such a good relationship with Chowskis it would be weird for them not to even say hey look we've chosen not to use your version of Morpheus in this. I mean, you could argue that, because he took part in the online, so you could argue that he maybe expected it because he was part of online. Yeah, maybe he know, Yeah, and, maybe he already you know. And then, you know, obviously him talking to Keanu and Keanu being part of the early stages of this, maybe it was a conversation. As I said, I don't know how much I'm feeling into the, uh, the theory that this is a ruse, but it does seem weird for him to be saying that they didn't even approach me. I, it just, ugh. What I think is misdirect is I don't believe for a second Hugo Weaving's not going to be in there. Like, I, I I, think that there is, like, he might not be in it in a big way yeah. or whatever, but I think there's no chance that we won't hear his voice go, Mr. Anderson, <laughs> at some point. Like, I just, I just don't believe that. I'll tell you like, one problem I have with it, and I'll get over this the minute I'm in the cinema and I see him on screen. I know his schedule is packed right now. And I know that this is probably the best time for them to do a Matrix reboot. I just wish they'd allowed him to shave because... Yeah, cut your fucking hair. Because he looks like, like John Wick. And I know it's a, it's a small little thing, but if his hair was shorter and he didn't have the beard, he would look like Neo to me. But because we've been bombarded with this John Wick trilogy for the past few years, I see John Wick in the Matrix. I think, again, I really think that he's going to go back into the Matrix and we're going to, and he's going to have no hair and no beard, and he's going to look like Neo, and then we're going to be all like, oh, no way. It's, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, I, what, one thing that's discussing this with people, one thing that's really come to my, 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 my attention is that people don't remember the Matrix as well as I do, <laughs> especially not anything after the first film. Yeah. Like, I, I like, when I was, I, I, the Matrix Reloaded came out when I was like seven, 16, 17, mm. and in fact, they both came out the same year, the second, the third, and the third one, didn't they? And I was in just the right place for a movie that needed to be watched 10 times yeah. and, and, how, and you needed to read like 100 fan theories to really yeah. understand what was going on. And so I, I love those movies. I think same. I've probably seen Reloaded as many times as I've seen the first one. Mm. And actually, I know that this is heresy that people don't like. I, 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 obviously, the first movie is the best one. Yeah. 
But I think Reloaded has... I know that the Burly Brawl's a bit rubbery-looking. Reloaded has aged Reloaded, really well. I think it's got better action scenes overall than the first film. Oh, here's the like, thing. If the Burly Brawl... if And I know you couldn't do it because it would cost $700 million. If they had managed to do that with real people you know, for the scenes that go a robbery. And if CG had been better back then and you'd been able to deep fake Hugo Weaving's face onto all those real people, it would be one of the best action scenes of all time. It's actually really well choreographed. It does a lot of great character work. Visually, it's just insane. It's just the fact that obviously by today's standards, you look at it and you're like, oh, he's turned into a CG man, now he's real. Oh, he's turned into a CG man. But it's a fantastic scene. Well, I also think, so I've got a couple of things with the Burley Brawl. Number one, I would rather the CG was a bit wonky in, a, in something where they're going for something that's insane. Yeah. Like it is an incredible sequence, even if it doesn't look perfect all the yeah. time. And I'd rather watch a scene that was really imaginative, but didn't always look perfect than a scene that was boring, but looked great. Yeah. But more than that, they're in a computer. Yes. So yeah, um, I think that's that's the excuse you can point, excuse for a lot of things. Yeah. I'm kind of always happy to be all like, you know, the server running the matrix is running a bit slow. Bit of, yeah. Have a little bit of trouble processing. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people yeah. in the same place. Yeah. Like you know, you know when you play Mario 64 and sometimes you know you run a bit too far away and the and the quality of Mario's model drops. It's just that. <laughs> that's just that. Like, yeah. You know, like normally <laughs> frame rate dropping. Yeah. Graphics, but. They, they, you know, like maybe, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather have downgraded model quality and slightly worse animation yep. than the frame rate chug in that, in that instance. So I'm pretty happy. You know I mean, like yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. And like, I'm also quite fond of the third one. Like, I think that the bit in Reloaded when from, from the point where Neo's fighting in the Chateau on the mountaintop to the end of the highway chase is still probably my favorite action scene in the highway chase I've is one of the greatest action sequences committed to film that is yeah. insane and just every part of it is just like it's there's so much happening but you know you're where you're oriented in every single part of it all the performers like when you see the behind the scenes and realize how much of the stunt work the actors did incredible yeah. the stunt team incredible the vehicle work inc- like every part and then like i don't know if you know this you, you, you i know that you know this because you're as big a geek as i am <laughs> but like the hidden codes on the license plates of the cars yeah. and like just they're insane it's insane the amount of detail that is in that film the other thing is that going back to going back to watch watch rewatch stuff uh, the mate the real re- i'd say the first matrix hasn't held up as well as i thought it would really have. stuff in there yeah, I mean, so me and Beth watched it, and one thing that was really noticeable was that, like, after it finished, I was like, I'm a child of the 90s, and I was like, damn, that was cool, wasn't it? And Beth was a bit like, they were dressed really stupid. Yeah, like, yeah, clothes, their clothes are fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. And I was a bit like, obviously, to, to me, a 12-year-old, who was all like, I should buy a floor-length leather coat, <laughs> it, it still looks cool, but I do see that to anybody else... Like, like these guys are a like, massive they group they of geeks, like, yeah. They look... Yeah, they look like proper nerds. Yeah. They look like absolute losers. Yeah. Um, Just a quick, also, quick thing like, that literally has only occurred to me for the other day. If you un- if you haven't been unplugged and you're a real person, right? Yeah. Technically, you're a virgin. Yeah, probs. Right? Yes. They, if, they, if you're not one of the people in the weird sweaty Zion rave, then you like could be 30, 40 years old and actually be a virgin because you've never really had sex. You've just had mind sex. Yeah. I mean, but if the mind sex, you've, but you know, if the mind sex feels indistinguishable to you from regular, what I always wondered, and this is a similar question, but grosser, is, you know, when they have sex in the Matrix, yeah. are they just in that water that they're sleeping? 
Like, oh yeah, I didn't think of that. Right, like, are they shitting in that water? They must and be. Then just breathing it. Yeah, like, that's they must grim. be. Yeah. Or maybe they have a pipe up their butt. Like, yeah, they probably do have um, a pipe up their butt. Answering the real questions here. Regardless of how you feel about the first, second, or third ones, I know that people have a lot of them. You know what really holds up is the fucking Animatrix. The Animatrix is, is the best. It's so good. It's so special. Yep. It's so full of brilliant, brilliant stuff. The animation's amazing. The stories yep. are brilliant. It explores. It's like what it is. It's what life should be like. Hundred percent. Like it explores stylistically. Every episode is things. differently. Every episode adds to the canon. There's character work in there. And what's great about it is, like any world building exercise from these franchises should be. It adds to it, but it doesn't alienate people that don't watch it. So when you yeah. watch Reloaded, that's just some annoying kid, right? But if you've watched Animatrix, you know who that kid is and it has significance. But you don't lose something from not having watched Animatrix. That's what they did really well with all those video games and the comic books and the Animatrix. It builds this world up, but you don't have to have collected it all and spent a ton of money, which we did anyway, to understand it and for it to have significance. Well, I think it's really brave that they put the whole backstory of how of how the world got destroyed in there. Yeah, like there's they never they never bothered to explore that in movies no. at all. <laughs> the entire history of how the world became the way it is is just in the animatrix. Yeah. and if you care enough, you can go watch it. And if you don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. like because it's not what the story that they're telling now is about. And that is like that is of when I re I've rewatched all of them now and. That is the best thing. Yeah, that's it's better than the first Matrix yeah, film. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's better than. It's, I mean, it's, it's, I just it's for me, it's crazy that the Matrix is is twenty years old, and still no studio has learnt the lesson from them because nowadays everyone is trying to do this expanded cinematic universe, and really the Matrix did that twenty years ago. But what was what when you watch the Matrix, when you play Path of Neo or online, or any of the other games, or read any of the comic books you realize, I don't know whether they sat there with a massive diagram or a massive cloud, and then would, but they've obviously put thought into this. They know that this mm. character's evolution starts here and goes onto there, and it's going to cross over to this. So when you play into the Matrix and you have those scenes, they fit perfectly into the highway scene. It, yeah. All of it, it just, it, it's just, it's, it's so well so done. Good. It's so well done. It's insane. Like, I just, honestly, I don't know how anyone can think this film is not going to be great. It's going to be great. Well, and also, the other thing I've really experienced is that, like, for me, I think that The Matrix was one of the first things that really got me into reading theories online and speculating about things and really diving deep into a piece of media yeah. in the way that we do a lot now. Yes. Our, kind of our whole, a lot, a lot of our culture is based on and stuff. And actually, there's something really one. I I'd kind of like 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 Neo. I'd kind of forgotten how much I love the Matrix. Yes. Like, and just seeing that trailer and then going back to it, there's so much of it that like it's really meaningful to me personally. And it's and it's still really good. There's yeah. still a lot of stuff in there that you just don't like. I really appreciate when movies will stop and be all like, sure, this seems like it's terrific about sci-fi, but also, would you like to listen to some philosophy? Um, and and what I really like about the third one is that, like, there's a kind of a progression across the three. I read an interview with them where they were talking about it, where the first one is, like, an action film and you're comfortable with it. The second one is kind of a deconstruction of action films that kind of breaks things down. Yeah. But the third one is intended to make you feel deeply alienated from the world of The Matrix, to kind of try and encourage you to form your own ideas. About yeah. It. And I don't, I mean, what I would say is from the reception of that, clearly that wasn't delivered successfully. Yeah. 
because people don't feel like that about it. Well, a, so, so a friend back. of ours, a mutual friend of ours recently, I won't mention his name, but he was saying how he just didn't care about the Matrix films. And I said to him, look, they've aged a lot better than you think they have. Go back and rewatch them. And he said, I rewatched them recently and they don't make sense. And I didn't want to get into a big thing, so I left it at that. But they do completely make sense. I think... Yeah, they totally make sense. Yeah. I think they, as you say, they really challenge people's expectations of what an action film should be in this day and age. Or should have been in that day and age. It's a real shame because the second and third do get a bad rep. But like, yeah, everything the architect says is too wordy. And it does sound like I've, I've swallowed a thesaurus today. But it makes complete sense. And when you go like when you talk about theories when you go into the theories that we even meet some of the ones so so some people believe that the frenchman is one of the former ones the merovingians one of the former ones and then um who's the guardian who neo has the fight with initially seraph yeah seraph is also a former one and so there's great the scary man who runs the train yes, as well yes yeah, so, and then, so it kind of shows you that there's this thing where like they have almost fallen into that belief the architect has. It's just a cynicism where it's like, humans are never going to change. Yeah. We're going to keep doing the cycle. I don't want to be in the cycle. Or if I'm stuck in it, I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to have this burden on my shoulders. And so that's a massive thing you could explore in its own film. And it's just brushed. It's just brushed aside. I'm pretty sure in the comic, it confirms that the Merovingian is... So there were two versions of the Matrix before the first one. He was in the one that had like Matrix, ghosts and werewolves. And, and yeah. werewolves. Yeah, I think, I think he's the architect of that. One. Okay. Um, I think that the comics cover that. Yeah. The, the comics also cover some other stuff, like when aliens invaded and the machines. Yeah. Um, which, which, which is just never mentioned in the films, <laughs> but it's canon. I love yeah. that. Um, but I really like the theory that I really like the theory that the original one from the first iteration of the Matrix became Smith, and that it, that's why he's so bitter because he used to be Neo, and that's why he hates every like. But like, that's the thing is that like, I, I, they, this is the thing where like clearly they didn't deliver that stuff successfully enough mm. because when I talk to people about it, they're all like, "Oh well, uh, why could uh, well, maybe there'll be another Neo in this one?" And I'm all like, "Well, no, there won't be another Neo because." when Neo rebooted The Matrix at the end of Revolutions, the Prime program wasn't returned to the source, so there won't be a new Neo in this new version of The Matrix. Yep. And people are a bit like, what the fuck are you talking about? Where did you get that from? It was, was in like, the film. Uh, <laughs> it's in the film. Like, I mean, you maybe have to watch it 15 times, but it's there. Like, it's, 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 like, I love, I, like, but yes, I have discovered, though, talking to other people about it, there's a lot of people who are a bit like, I remember that from The Matrix. Yeah. So I'm all like, yeah, like, because it, 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 it expected a lot from you. And it expected you to read comics and watch anime yeah. and play video games. And if you're one of the people like us who did that, it's this incredible, diverse experience. Yes. But I think for a lot of people, it's probably a bit like, I saw the first one, it was good. I saw the second one, it was bad. I don't remember anything else. And so there you've missed out on, you've missed out on a lot of what the Matrix is, I think. And that's the problem is that like, like if you weren't on the website, decoding the, the the things and reading the messages and that that describe what's happening like the emails between you know different characters there's bits there's little bits of the story that you're missing and unless you're willing to piece the whole and in a well-told story that was told really really well it wouldn't matter if you didn't have all the pieces whereas i feel like from after the first matrix film and the animatrix there is a level at which if you've not got all the pieces, people don't you'll clearly don't click. Yeah, you'll so, be lost. Yeah, like, so I, 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 I'm really interested to see because I don't for a second believe they're going to re reboot anything. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't think that the, 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 
that London's going to give a shit whether people enjoy this or it's, that's, it. That's why it's phenomenal. It's almost, it's in the same camp as Blade Runner 2049, which is like, how did this get made? You've approached the studio yeah, and... 20 years after, 20 plus years after, I wouldn't even call it a success because the third one wasn't considered a success when compared with the first two. You know, it made a lot of money. It made a lot of money, but not what Warner's really wanted. And so you've now said, yeah. hey, we've got a very vocal minority <laughs> that want us to reboot this trilogy of films from 20 years ago that you guys weren't too happy with. Can I do it? And Warner's are going, yeah, sure. Like, it's actually amazing. <laughs> They've done it. I mean, Warner's is taking a bunch of chances. You've got June coming out soon. It's like, as we've already said a number of times, that film is not going to make any money. But oh, I love no. it. Have you not seen Chas? Have you not seen? No. June's, so it's been released in a number of territories already. Yeah. And it is kicking ass. No way. It's making loads of money. People are going to see it and they're paying money for it. I'm That's so what excited. I want to hear. Amazing. Yeah, Fantastic. I'm hyped. Because I know, I know Vanilla was yeah. like, I'm going to make a second, even if they don't allow me to. <laughs> People are like, what, what, what? With what money? And he's just like, I'm going to do it. Warners will let me make that film. So I guess he's going to get to make that film. You see, so like, in the Matrix trilogy, okay, so... Whilst so revolutions did make the least, yeah, and it had like so the first one had a budget of 63 million and it made 465 million dollars. Like, that's a crazy return on investment, yeah. obviously. The Matrix Reloaded had a budget of like 120 to 150 million and it made 739 million, which is insane, which is insane, absolutely insane. It's one of the, it's you know, it was, it was it was a huge movie. Revolutions had a budget again of 110 to 150. But it still made four hundred thirty million dollars. Yeah, like it didn't make it didn't give them like it's twice the budget of the original for about the same return. Yeah, and obviously the the trajectory you want with a movie's franchise is not that it peaks in the middle. Yeah, um, like you know, I but can most franchises that, do. To be fair, and also, but that is still a really really big amount of money. Yes, do you know what I mean. Like that is still it's not it's not like a. A failure, no, is it? No, like, by any means. It's, it's, but, it's, but it studio executives back, think differently from you and I. Well, I mean, it made back three times its budget, so I don't really feel like they can be like, you know, that salty about yeah. it, right? Like, I mean, I want you want me to compare it to is how much did each of the Lord of the Rings films make? So the first Lord of the Rings film made $900 billion, <laughs> second one made $950 million, and the third one made $1. Billion. Yeah. That's what that's you what you want, want from a I mean, franchise. That's, yeah, that's exactly, that's the trajectory yeah. that they're looking for yeah. from a franchise. But actually, none of those have had the kind of spike that was achieved from Matrix to Reload. Yeah, Do you know what I mean, Matrix was a huge film. It was, it was like a it was like a cult, pop culture phenomenon, and it made half what the sequel made. Like like that is like you know what I mean. Like that's that's crazy yeah. growth. Like I think here's the thing, because that. of the phenomenon of the Matrix as well people don't talk about how good the first one is just in an economic filmmaking sense like because of how new and different that concept is every line in it is exposition Mm. and it's very hard to have a script where every line is exposition without it being like well i'm glad you asked me this blah blah it's all delivered in a really clever way like every there's not a wasted line in that film it's all efficient. It's easy to forget that that had been a concept in sci-fi novels for 50 years that everybody kind of thought was impossible to film properly and was impossible to explore in a decent way in a movie because you'd have to fill the whole film with exposition. Yeah. And they did, they they managed that. Yeah. And like, I think that, 
the you know else is great about the matrix is that i love rage against the machine yeah. i really yes, i really like rage <laughs> and what i really like is when is when is when things end and then rage against the machine plays and i'm all like ah I love rage see the, the thing that always goes through my head when rage against the machine plays is that obviously initially will smith was supposed to be neo and that was during the period of his life where he was making theme songs for every film that he could have been mm-hmm. in so we could have lived in the universe where it was like uh uh welcome to the matrix <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. That is the one thing I might enjoy more. Than, than, than machine. Machine. Like I, I, I would, I would pay, I would pay good money, even though he didn't want to be in it for Will Smith to just record a 90 star <laughs> rap song about the matrix that I could hear. Yeah. Like I'd really, I'd really, really like that. Um, We're like, in the you wrong know, well, the world, world West theme tune is the best thing about, of course, world by West. far. Yeah. So, like, you know, like, I mean, I mean, have you watched that recently? I don't want to. Very... I know I have bad memories of it. Oh, well, it's very racist and very... I'm guessing it's probably very sexist as well, right? Because I can, I vaguely remember Salma Hayek spends a lot of it in a corset that she doesn't need to be in. Yeah, I mean, it's sexist in a kind of a passive way, Mm. but, like, there's not a lot of scenes where somebody shouts, you're a woman, and that means you can't, like, you know, whatever. Whereas, like, there are, there is, there is, there is an uncomfortable amount of dialogue where the bad guy is all like, you're black and that's bad. And Will Smith's all like, yeah, well, you ain't got no legs. That's bad. Wow. So I'm just, I was just sort of like, oh, dear. No Christ, wonder it's one of this. Cartman's favorite films. Yeah, it's just, it's horrific. Um, but yeah, I think we should, I think maybe we should do a big, well, maybe, I, I mean, we've pretty much discussed a lot of yeah. Matrix stuff. I thought you were about to say we should do I, a big episode of Wild Wild West. <laughs> so like, Patrick, I mean, no. I, I think we should. <laughs> no, you know what? I think we should. I think we should. I think we should watch uh, Men in Black and 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 Wild Wild West and uh, what's the other one? Independence Day? Uh, yes, obviously Independence Day. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having a big Will Smith um, sci-fi trilogy. We should watch all Will Smith's films. 100%, yeah, went from yeah, the I good mean, years because like, we won't see those again. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Gemini oh, on, man. Could, I, like, I like I Am Legend a lot. Um, oh yeah, I am Legend's fantastic. Yeah, but I, I, I consider that the end of the good years. This, do you know the sad thing about Gemini Man? It's not a bad idea. He is just the wrong person to put in it because he hasn't aged in twenty five years. You need a Bruce Willis for that to work. Yeah, I mean, right? I, it doesn't work with a guy who looks the same as he did in Fresh Prince. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, nothing's as bad as that film with him and Jaden where oh, they're God. on the spaceship. He turned down He's Django to make about... that film. Yeah, but I mean, you don't want to be in Django, do you? Because he doesn't understand good films. why things would need to be so violent. Patrick, what have you been watching this week? Or reading, or playing? Uh, I watched the book from the Nine finale, and I watched uh, American Horror Story. But what we also watched was the new series of Sex Education, which I is need to catch Netflix. up on that, yeah. Uh, it's a Netflix show. Um, it, was, it, was, it was good. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm, f- I'm very fond of that show. I think that having a space where the sexuality of teenagers is discussed and where there's space to discuss different sexualities and gender identities is a really, really positive thing. Mm. And, and I think it's, it's a, I, I think it's, I, I do struggle with it. It reminds me of things like How I Met Your Mother where I just hate the main character. I hate him so much. <laughs> I just, I, I, like, if at the start of the season they were all like, and unfortunately Otis got hit by a bus, and then also a truck, and then drowned. I would be all like, cool. See, my thing is, I, I'm actually right with Otis, and I'll tell you why. Because he's constantly an idiot. And I have, I can deal with that a lot better than I can deal with shows where they have someone who's quite competent, apart from when they're not, because they need the, cl- the plot to progress. Mm. I think because Otis is always completely just 
he can't read people at all, especially girls that he's into. I think it means a lot of the, the situations he finds himself in are a lot less manufactured. And so I, I believe the conflict. So I, it works for me to have a character that's just that, just, he just doesn't get it. Well, there's also often consequences. Like he yes. makes mistakes and then bad things happen to him because of the mistakes he made. And I, li- I do like that, but I would, I mean, if the show was about Eric, I'd be happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all of the supporting cast are really like, and the thing is, and I think with Otis as well, like, I've seen, like, I guess he's like a bit of a child therapist, which is, I, I suppose, a kind of new take. But I've seen movies and TV shows about that dorky white guy who can't get everything right so many times. Yeah. Whereas, like, when Eric's, like, exploring how his being gay fits in with his Nigerian heritage, yeah. that's a story where I'm more like, cool. Yeah, and I, I really want to say, I want to say what like, I loved about that was that the few shows I have seen about it have covered the aspect of it, which is prominent in a lot of backgrounds, which is that black people still don't talk about that enough. And there's still a lot of fear about Mm. coming out in the black community. But what I do love is that he's embraced in that show when he comes out. That was really nice. I think especially for anyone who is young, black and gay and really worried about being closeted and if they can come out to see an actual positive reaction to that Mm. and to see a family that reinforces and encourages that person to dress differently and act differently and be themselves i thought that was really really nice yeah and there's like i I really love the way that he like when he shouts or gets emotional he he speaks in in his mum's accent like i really love that about his character and there's lots of people like that in it who i think are really really refreshing people to having a tv show um it was very good i I enjoyed season three i don't know if it's been renewed yet yeah but I assume it will be. I mean, it's, it's Netflix because a lot of their best stuff gets cancelled and then a lot of their worst stuff stays around for seven seasons. So you just don't know. But I hope people watch and I hope it, it, it keeps going on. Well, it's top of the it's top of the watching now in the nice. UK thing. And it has been for a couple of days. So I think it's probably going to get renewed, hopefully. Um, I, although, obviously, the other problem with being teenagers is that they're Eventually. all starting to look a bit yeah they all are, they're all starting to i mean they're all 25. probably already in their 20 mid 20s aren't they so yeah <laughs> this is the thing well asa butterfield definitely is because he was in he was in endless game like 10 years ago whatever, go, and he yeah. was a teenager then so like he he must be like um and i mean and there's, I know a, that, there's yeah, a few so, like, of those who are probably going to get picked up for film soon because it's a super talented cast yeah that's the other thing is that i think that like i think there's a good chance that some of those some of those people who are younger are just going to go on to fantastic careers yeah. like um but, you know, I thought it was it was very good and I enjoyed it. What have you been watching? Uh, I'm still in the middle of my Sopranos rewatch. You watch the fucking Sopranos? You watch the card? Um, I started The Wire again it's... because rest in peace to Michael K. Williams, one of the greatest actors of his generation, passed away last week. If you haven't watched it, I don't well, know these... what is wrong with you. It's the greatest TV show of all time. Omar is one of well, the greatest are, characters of all time. These are awful things to discuss. What's your hot take? The Wire's good. I know. The Sopranos is a good TV show. Well, who would I haven't have been watching anything new recently. I don't know. I haven't heard anything. you watching The Fucking Sopranos. You just, every time I talk to you, you're like, <laughs> I watch more of The Sopranos. I mean, it's, it's a good TV show. It's never a bad time to watch The Sopranos. I wish I, I knew what to tell you. Maybe next week when I watch Shang-Chi, I'll have something to talk about. Yeah. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm watching a 21-year-old TV show. To be fair, it's relevant because the movie is out in two weeks, I think. Is it? Yeah. So that stars James Gandolfini's son as young Tony. A lot of the cast are returning. And it kind of shows you life pre The Sopranos, how Jersey Mob was built. And uh, yeah, that's it. I'm still watching that show. I'll probably still be watching this week. I'd usually hate prequels, um, but the fact they've got this much of the cast back and the original writer, I'm going to give it a shot. 
Fair, yeah. I think I'm going to go. Uh, I think I'm probably going to try and see Shang Chi. Also, for anybody who plays Apex, I I I don't need to share this with, but I, I got some heirloom shards in one of my in one of my uh, in one of my packs. So uh, that's the like one in. I'm either in really excited for you or sorry that happened to you. I don't know which. Okay, one so when you open the boxes with the random items in. They're, they come in like colors. There's there's shitty white items. There's like all right blue items. There's there's purple items which are supposed to be good, but they're all ugly as fuck. And then there's the yellow items, yeah. which is what you open for. And then so every time you open the pack, it's, it spits out shit. And if the yellow light comes up, you're all like, oh yay. Uh, and then there's like a one in a million chance that you'll get a red item. Yeah. Uh, and I did. Oh, um, and so like generally, if you buy if you get 500 boxes which i don't know how long that would take but i, I imagine a long time then you then you're guaranteed a, a, a red item but i i've only opened like 150 and it's spat me one out so i uh and i wasn't even paying attention like quite often i sit there and i click on the thing and then the lights come up and i'm all like oh there's a yellow one but i was like doing something on my phone and i, <laughs> I like clicked on it and i like glanced up for the last one that was all like oh my nice. um so now instead of having my hands out when i'm running around I get to have like a knife or a or a or a stick or something. Um, That's not a knife. This is a knife. Yeah, I haven't spent them yet, uh, but I'm 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 pretty excited, and I don't have anybody to tell. Congratulations! So so, so <laughs> I'm, I'm throwing I'm throwing that in here as well. Um, yeah, cool. cool. So that has been another episode. As you heard, we're probably going to do Animatrix. We'll cover that. I think we should just do yes. a whole episode about Animatrix because it's freaking amazing. Oh, yes. We'll do a oh, Will Smith sci-fi marathon. Yeah, we will. We'll sort something for Halloween. We're going to watch something scary for Halloween. Um, Are we? Yeah, let's do it. You know what we should watch? You know what we should watch for Halloween? All the Mission Impossible films. Yes. Because I I like them. Yeah, okay. That's our Halloween special. We're going to watch all the Mission Impossible (laughs) films. Yeah, so that's the next few episodes. For everyone wondering about the Kanye West episode, we started it and we had technical difficulties. So I might just drop it later in the week as a solo where I just explained to all of you why you should listen to Kanye and his... Yeah, I didn't feel like... When we were trying to record it, I didn't feel like I had a whole lot to input. Yeah. Like, I listened to The College Dropout. I like it a lot. It's real good. So, yeah. But beyond that, like, I've got nothing to contribute. So I think it might make more sense for you to deliver us just a beautiful monologue. Sweet. Cool. Thank you, everyone, for... As always, I know I do it every, every episode, but until we have thousands of subscribers, we do need all of you people to just take a couple of seconds out of your day give us feedback on whatever platform you're on i think literally apple podcast is the best in terms of allowing people to do sub feedback and and give five star reviews so please just take a second out to write how we're your favorite podcast and you love every episode and it does it does it takes time but it, it bumps us up in the algorithm makes more people aware of us it means we can start getting sponsors and having better guests on and just like and subscribe, like and subscribe. all that good stuff like um, and subscribe. thank you again like i said i'll probably do a solo kanye episode so you'll get two episodes this week Patrick and I will return at some point in the next week or so. I guess for the Animatrix, we'll try and get that out as close to release as possible. And we'll probably cover, we probably hopefully would have both seen Shang-Chi by sure. the next episode. Yeah, I'm, so I'm we'll, super happy with that. I mean, you've probably all seen it as well. But we'll give you our thoughts on it and let you know. And um, I've been told by some people who've seen it that yeah. it gives you a good indication of where to, what to expect from the Eternals. So Patrick and I will probably have some thoughts on the next phase and where that's going to go. Yeah, sure. Thank you. As always, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Ah.